Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would come and be with us in this morning. Pray that you would be with me, especially that you would provide the right words, that you would take away myself, and that you would let me speak through your Spirit. Pray that you would provide for us in this morning hour, that you would inspire us by your Spirit, and that you would grant us grace in your sight, that we might honor and glorify the name of your Son, Jesus, and that we might be mindful, especially in this time of year, of his coming and of his love for us, and what he did for us in his life here on this earth, in shedding his blood and paying the price for our sins and the sins of the whole world. And we're thankful that we are still together to hear, to come and before thee and to seek what his death and resurrection means to us today. All these things we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I keep thinking this is going to get easier here. Um, I had planned to talk about the uh, theme on the third Sunday of Advent here because, I mean, that's kind of our, uh, our uh, tradition here. If you'd speak to uh, delve more deeply into the theme of Advent, at least it uh, was not the tradition in my church where I grew up, um, but I think the closeness to our, our Swiss-German heritage, uh, you know, makes us come back to that, that thought this time of year. And, um, but I was really inspired by Brother Day's Bible class, and uh, I really would have gladly given him another hour to try to get through his many thoughts on that, and I hope that nothing I say here takes away from, from the Bible class, um, but I was uh, really uh, convicted that, um, I don't know, there were some things that, uh, at, at, at the risk again of, um, of uh, telling too many stories here, and uh, I would like to read, and also Brother Mike, of course, here had recently preached on this, uh, probably not that recently, but as you get older, everything seems recent, right? <laughs> uh, I'd like to turn to Galatians 5. And I will read the entire chapter. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well, who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none other minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off which trouble you, 
For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Um, this morning in Bible class, uh, we were talking about uh, traditionalism, ceremonialism, formalism, and uh, how the Pharisees, how the Pharisees uh, chastised Jesus for his disciples, um, washing their hand, not washing their hands before they ate. And you know, as, as a as a Christian, um, especially as an apostolic Christian, I think we we struggle with this sometimes. Uh, you know, we we tend to like tra- tra- tradition. We would be very disappointed if Windsor weddings were not Windsor weddings, right? With the food. Right, and we would be uh, we would be very disappointed if if some of our our traditions fell away if if we no longer sang uh, in four part harmony, um, you know many many things that I can think about that uh, I don't think Windsor weddings are in the Bible are they no no Windsor wedding desserts I don't think that's in the Bible, but anyway, um, so. I think when we come at this, you know, we, we, we kind of look at this in, in different ways. And, uh, you know, what's interesting to me in uh, reading the uh, writings of, of Freilich is that Freilich identified tradition as the beast, the mark of the beast. And uh, as they used to do in those days, they would take the uh, numeric, uh, the numeric value of the different Greek letters and they would add it up and uh, a lot of times people would try to identify the beast in this way. And so Freilich took the numeric values of paradosis, the Greek, I'm sorry, Andrew, I probably mispronounced pronounce that, but the, the paradosis, the, uh, the Greek word for tradition, and he added up the letters from that, and it came up to 666. And uh, so uh, Freilich was very concerned about, uh, about tradition. 
Of course, you know, many others have used this. Even uh, a couple years ago, I was at a tech conference and somebody took this and they did Bill Gates, the third name. And when you took that out and you converted it, it came up to 666, right? So there's a lot of, uh, um, I, I won't say that people should go out and try to use that technique to determine the, the beast, the mark of the beast. But anyway, um, back, to, uh, back to tradition. You know, there are certain uh, there are, are certain challenges that we face in the Christian life. In that, even the good things that we do, they can become habits. They can become ceremonial. Uh, we know we're supposed to pray. We know we're supposed to pray without ceasing. And yet, sometimes we know when we pray, we become our prayers become ceremonial. Uh, someone mentioned in Bible class today. I think maybe it was Brother uh, Uli about the the uh, praying before we eat, you know, and I have to admit sometimes, you know, I, I'm in the middle of eating and all of a sudden I ask myself, well, did I pray before I ate? You know, it's become such a, it's become such a habit, I had just assumed that I did it, but I don't remember what I prayed. Uh, of course, my old age is probably uh, figures into that too, but anyway, um, it's important for us to, uh, to think about uh, how traditionalism or ceremonialism could be impacting our lives uh, for potentially for the worse, especially here in this, uh, in this scripture. You know, the, uh, Paul was beset with a lot of issues with the, the Judaizers, uh, a sect of the Jews who insisted that the new Christians had to follow all the tenets of the, all the, tenets of the law. And, um, you know, and he was also often persecuted for this, chastised for this, and even though the Council of Jerusalem came together and created a, council, uh, a compromise, you know, that the, the uh, Gentiles did not have to be circumcised, you know, yet there were still ongoing, there were still ongoing uh, struggles with this in the, the early church, as we, we can see. And... Um, but what does it mean to stand fast in the liberty that Christ has made us free and not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage? Um, in my parents' generation, uh, a lot of times the yoke of bondage was, was uh, they were more, more focused, the ministers would focus more on, you know, sin, that sin was the yoke of bondage, and now, you know, uh, in our generation, it's more that we recognize that the yoke of bondage is, is the law. And yet there's this two-edged, uh, the two-edged sword that we see running through here about how we're supposed to walk in the liberty of Christ, and yet we also see the, the essence here that we're not supposed to fall back into sin, so that following the Spirit does not mean that we continue, that uh, we can do whatever we want or that we have liberty to do whatever we want, but that we have the liberty to walk in the freedom of Christ, that things that are not specified in Scripture as to how we should live, we have lots of, we have lots of liberties in those. I mean, if we look back at the disciples here, uh, washing with hands, if we go back to uh, Exodus uh, chapter 19, uh, verse 14, before the law was given to the Jews... Moses came down from the mount unto the people, and he sanctified them. And what did they do to be sanctified? Uh, they, washed, they washed their clothes. Sorry for the Illinois accent. but 
Um, they washed their clothes. And so this, this cleansing somehow, you know, if we look at the Bible class lesson today, somehow this cleansing moved from, yes, well, this was a good thing. This came from God. They were commanded to wash. And yet, you know, somehow it evolved into this thing, this uh, ceremony that they had to wash their hands. They had to clean their hands every time they, before, they, before they ate. So a lot of times we, we can inherit a, a good tradition. We can inherit, you know, something that's, that's, that's very good. And then uh, the, the, I'm sorry, but the, the human tendency, I think, is to keep refining these. Let's make it better, you know. Let's make it more, more succinct. And we have this problem, just like the Pharisees had, where we keep, we, keep adding to the, we keep adding to the original tradition, and all of a sudden it becomes something that's not even recognizable from perhaps what it, from what it grew out of in the first place. And, you know, I, I struggle with this in my life, and I think most Christians do, is, is like I have certain things, I'm getting in a certain situation, uh, and I feel uncomfortable because it's not part of my culture, it's not part of my tradition. Uh, should I do this? Should I do that? Uh, how do I, when I'm out in the world and I'm interacting with people, you know, what, what boundaries am I following? You know, should I just, uh, you know, some people, it seems like, you know, just like the, we talked about in uh, Wednesday night, the, the service, you know, the Essenes, they dropped out, you know, or, or even the, the Zealots, you know, they formed their own cities, they dropped out of the uh, society, so to speak, and, you know, the one fermented rebellion against, uh, against Rome, the Zealots, and another came back, and they, uh, you know, and they said, things are so bad, the Lord must be coming soon, so let's go live in the monastery life here, here up, uh, up on, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the caves, right? And, you know, that's, we, we talked about, you know, Wednesday night we talk a lot about uh, engagement, about how it's important for us to be engaging in the world, and yet this, this struggle that we have between our tradition and between liberty makes it difficult sometimes for us to figure out what is the, what is the right, right thing um, that we should be doing. And what's important here is that we be led by the Spirit, you know, that is the, the number one rule, is that when Christ died, he sent us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to teach us in all things, is going to lead us in all things. And if we're not following the Spirit, then we are walking in the flesh. We are sinning. We're not doing what's right. And uh, Paul pointed out here is that also that, you know, some people, they, they say that they have liberty. They have, they have liberty, but really they're serving themselves. Really they're serving Satan. They're serving sin. They're serving their flesh. And so while it's important for us as Christians not to judge other believers, my, uh, my brother's believers, at the same time, each of us needs to be looking within our lives and say, I'm taking this liberty. Why am I taking this liberty? Am I doing this to advance the cause of Christ, or am I doing this to, to advance self? Am I doing this for my selfish motives, for my lustful motives, or am I looking out? Am I trying to advance the, advance the cause of Christ? I read a testimony recently of... Uh, uh, a Christian believer, and uh, they uh, they were they were had flying uh, they were flying somewhere, and they came they came upon the situation where they were they were far away from home, and they had been talking to this person person while they were traveling, and they went to uh, the person wanted to go into this bar, and the, the Christian was uh, said, well you know I don't go in bars. Right? 
So that was the way they were brought up, right? And, uh, and yet they felt, they felt the tugging of the Spirit, you know, I, for some reason I think I should go with this person. And so they went, they went into this bar and they ordered pizza or whatever, so uh, the person at least wasn't, uh, wasn't there just to uh, use alcohol to numb their, numb their, uh, uh, to numb their uh, pain, their emotional pain. But anyway, this person was able to share the Lord with them, to have this conversation with them that if they had not taken this liberty, if they had not taken this, this opportunity to go and speak farther to this person, this person would not have heard the gospel, right? So I, I think that, you know, just, you know, similarly for Peter, you know, when Peter, when, when Peter was praying on the roof and uh, he had the vision of the unclean things coming down, from heaven, and the Lord saying, you know, eat, take and eat, Peter. You know, he said, no, I've never taken, I've never eaten anything that was unclean. No, I've never, I've never done that, right? But the Lord wanted Peter to get past his traditionalism, get past his ceremonialism, and live in the spirit. And by the time Cornelius showed up at his, or Cornelius's servant showed up at his doorstep, you know, Peter had this vision that he was still puzzling over. And when Cornelius came there, Peter, or Cornelius' servants came there, Peter took this as from the Lord, as that I should step out in faith, I should go with them, even though, you know, I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to intermingle with the Gentiles, right? I'm not supposed to, to uh, you know, to even be with these people. And yet, Peter took it in faith, and he went with that. And you know, why we, we might rationalize that and say, well, look, you know, Rod here, you know, it was the, the law versus grace. And yet I think today we as believers, we still make these types of experiences where for whatever reason from our, our culture or from the way we were raised or, you know, it could be something sometimes that the Lord's wanting to work in our lives and yet we're unwilling to, we, we, we need to listen to the Spirit sometimes and, uh, you know, and take that, take that in the moment, and go with that, and see what the, how the Lord's going to work. Um, again, we're not to use liberty as an occasion for the flesh, but by love to serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this: Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do things that you would. So I think we have to be mindful of the, the, two, the, two, uh, the two lusts of the flesh. Is Number one, of course, sinful lusts, but also, too, that hidden barrier, that hidden barrier of uh, culture, tradition, ceremonialism, that might be hindering us walking, walking in the spirit. You know, um, Jeff talked this morning here about the, uh, you know, the the hippies coming into the the church, you know, and how their uh, approach was completely different, and one of the. One of the struggles I think that we, we still face in uh, society today that we're seeing re-resurrected here is the kind of the, the 50s versus the 60s struggle, right? Um, the 1950s was uh, all about the, quote, 
the book The Organizational Man, you know, and of course coming out of the war with the World War II, with the, uh, you know, almost uh, every young man have gone, going into the army and being uh, inducted into the, the rigid structure of the army and the the uh, self-sacrifice and the obedience to authority that that required uh, versus the the 60s with the hippies and they're repurposing Jesus and saying, you know, Jesus, Jesus would have been a hippie if he was, if he was here today, right? And we, are, again, I think we're seeing some of the, the, uh, the same fractures in society today, right? We see that 50s and 60s, uh, the 50s law and order, you know, um, and uh, versus the, uh, the 60s demonstrations and uh, some of the societal turmoil that we see uh, arising then. And we see some of that today. And again, you know, without, uh, as, as believers, I, I think that we, we need to think deeply about how we, how we think about this, right? And uh, so one of the things we, we hear a lot about right now is... Uh, systemic racism, right? How that there's racism built into our laws and our cultures. And um, I, I want to phrase that in a different way. And I think, I think for some of us, when we hear systemic racism, we, we automatically, we, we jump off the deep end. We automatically have all these emotional, again, we have this, these certain cultural, emotional things built into us. And we, we jump off the deep end and we, we say, you know, when we heard, hear these certain trigger words, yes, I'll call them trigger words, uh, we, our thoughts go someplace where uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps uh, those with uh, sounder minds would not go. But anyway, years ago, I went to uh, a minority interchange meeting at work. Uh, it must have been a long time ago because I think Evelyn was still working nights and uh, I, uh, I went there and I thought, well, I'm gonna learn something. I'm gonna learn something here. You know, this wasn't, these, the people that are gonna talk aren't, aren't from my Swiss German culture, you know. And so one of the things that came up uh, was that, you know, when I come to work, I can't be my real self because I have to leave my culture, I have to leave my culture behind when I come to work. And I was, as I was sitting there listening to this person talk about that, it's like, wow, I feel the same way. When I come to work, I feel like I'm expected to leave my Christian culture behind. I'm expected to, you know, when people talk to me, you know, I can't, I, I, I don't relate to a lot of these things. Uh, you know, just like it was uncomfortable for me sometimes when I was engaged to Evelyn to speak with people about this or to know how to share. Um, I did have uh, um, one uh, young Indian man once that was, it became easy for me to share, you know, because he was used to arranged marriages, right? <laughs> so uh, so he, he came out, he asked me, you know, well, Rod, what, how did you... Okay, right? I said there was no part three, right? But there's always a part. There's always another part. Um, you know, how did you, come, how did you come to be married, right? And he said, I said, well, you know, I'm, I am not, a, as an American, you know, he was looking for me from the American experience, right? And I, I'm not really an American. Um, I, I mean, I am American, right? But, 
I come from a, 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 my culture is really different from an American culture, right? And, uh, but this is, you know, this, this is how I, I got married and, you know, and, but uh, at least we know when I was speaking to him, there was a certain shared, uh, there was certain, a certain exper- shared experience in that, you know, coming into marriage without, without having, uh, knowing, knowing the other person at, a, at uh, you know, at a deep level or that, that type of thing. And um, so I, I guess I felt more comfortable in some ways sharing with him. But it's important for us as believers here to be able to find ways that we can that we can reach out to our society, that we can understand our society, and that we can uh, carry on uh, conversations, even if we if we, if we we disagree, or that we are not. Uh, it's coming from a place that we're we're not used to. And uh, again, um, you know. If we look at our, if we look at uh, back to uh, the systemic uh, cultures that we have, you know, whenever I go into a new workplace, there's a different culture, and I'm expected to uh, expected to kind of come in line with that, regardless of how uh, idiotic I may think some of the values of the culture are. Right, you know, for oh, okay, um, just like the whole. The whole, uh, I left my last job because they wanted me to come back into work. And then, of course, a couple of days, uh, a couple of months later, the uh, whole COVID thing hit, and all of a sudden, everybody at my workplace uh, was working remotely. Uh, but, uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, you know, it, uh, we have these uh, things that are baked into our culture, into the different organizations that we work with. And they are very systemic. They are very, uh, uh, you know, they are inbaked, and we don't realize, you know, some of this, and we don't even realize perhaps how we are adjusting or the things, the adjustments that we have to make in order to live within the, that culture, and uh, in order to, to I don't know, to get along or to uh, to survive in that those those the cultural norms that we're expected to expected to take on. So finally, you know, if we want to uh, live, if we live in the Spirit, you know, we're promised that uh, we're going to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to bring forth love. We're going to bring forth joy. We're going to bring forth peace. We're going to bring forth long-suffering gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. There are no laws against these things. And so when the Spirit's prompting us and when the Spirit's acting us to step out in, in faith and to, uh, to show love, to show joy, to show peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance to the world, I think that we need to, uh, our default has to be that we take that as coming from the Spirit and that we go with that, you know. There's uh, lots of uh, there's lots of good things about having a, a traditional, having our daily prayer time, um, and doing that on a consistent basis. I think that's important for Christians. But we also have to be able to uh, listen to the Spirit if something should interrupt our our daily prayer time. Just as if somebody's ox fell into the ditch in the uh, Jewish times, the person would go to rescue that. 
you know, if the Lord speaks to us during our prayer time or devotion time and wants us to do something right away, then perhaps we need to cut our devotion time short and do that. Because the essence of the Christian life here is is not living a life of traditionalism, but living a life of liberty in following the Spirit. Again, I want to emphasize in following the Spirit and not our own, own desires. And I think if we embrace liberty in that way, and what we, in, we seek to uh, learn from the Spirit, we speak to walk in the Spirit, we speak to uh, follow the Spirit out of a desire to fulfill the Lord's leading, and that that will give us the, uh, the true joy that uh, I meant to uh, spend more time on here in the third Sunday of Advent. But uh, I wish all of you a, a joyous season in walking in the Spirit, and I realize that many of you will be celebrating Christmas, as is your tradition, and even in that, I hope that, uh, that, you, will, uh, that you will use your tradition as a way to... Uh, to uh, fulfill the, uh, the law of Christ and that you will also be open to the Spirit giving you new traditions or seeing how you can better share those, how you can better incorporate your, the next generation into your traditions and that you can speak to them through the leading of the Spirit. Uh, may God's word be honored.